So welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we are going to have a conversation about how we can all practice dancing with the one thing that individuals and families, communities, and countries have yet to try. So stay tuned. Welcome, everyone. We're going to start off by introducing ourselves. Well, first of all, we're husband and wife. <laughs> You should know that. Um, we're going to time ourselves because we're each long-winded. So we're going to talk for about five minutes. And we're just going to talk about like how we have arrived on this journey and the reason why we want to have this conversation with you. So when I was 18 years old, I remember sitting in a stoplight. I was driving to my parents' house and I had this question in my heart. Like, why was I born in the United States and not starving on the streets of Africa? And then a couple of years later, somebody asked me, um, don't you want to know the truth? And that just sort of catapulted me into a 40-year journey where I was, I was exploring what life was about, what, what, it, what it meant to be a human being and, and that energy that is greater than me and you and all of us. And, you know, what, what, you know, what, what was that relationship supposed to actually be? And I, I was raised Catholic, so I had to sort of untangle the religious stuff um, while I was exploring and, you know, on this adventure of discovering. And um, I got into the healing arts. I'm a practitioner of Chinese medicine, which kind of opened things up in a, in a new way. There's the idea of qi, which is basically life force or energy or, you know, it's the thing that's beating my heart, your heart right now and pumping our blood. And it, it just continue to unfold and, and give me these kind of even more curious questions. And one of the things I've learned on this journey is that it's, it's curiosity and inquiries of my heart that help to open up the answers and, and the, you know, the, the way life works. I, I'm not saying I have all the answers. I'm just saying that when I have a question, I usually get shown an answer and there's a lot of questions. So, <laughs> and that's seems to be an ever uh, unfolding thing. So, um, and then I just started working with people and, and learning how their hearts and minds work and including my own heart and mind. And, you know, they always talk about dark nights of the soul and kind of coming out of old ways of being into new ways of being And the dark night is that kind of place in between. Well, I've been through many of those as maybe you have. And so uh, I, I do understand that that chrysalis, you know, that, that place where we're in the dark before we actually have access to light when we've, when we're transforming or transmuting from an old way of being into a new way of being. It's like, you know, it's like a constant rebirth is how it feels. It, when, when one is on what is called a spiritual path, that's what it feels like anyway. And so we're going to have a conversation about, um, like, all of the words, like the names that people, the different names that people use that really, if, if you kind of boil it down, it all has a similar essence. And even in a religious context, we're not going to be talking about religion per se, but in a religious context, all the messages, all the spiritual paths, all the philosophies, if we unpeel and unpack it all, there's like some very core truths that I think David and I have both um, come upon. And so our conversation is about how do we access those breath by breath, day in and day out as a human being inside families and communities and whatever countries we live in, in order to affect 
change for good. You know, not the same old hamster's wheel that humanity seems to be on for a long time, but but you know the 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 impact of good from from that connected place, and you know how husbands and wives sometimes introduce their partner as their better half. Well, we're we're kind of being a, being tongue in cheek and calling this this part of ourselves that we don't. Not everybody has a really solid relationship with. We're calling it our better half, and so we're just going to be talking about that in really open ways and welcoming questions and offering, you know, resources and that sort of thing to point, you know, to point us all in directions that feel right. And we just ask that if you resonate with the material, then, you know, come back and be with us as often as you can and uh, share with your family and friends if it, if it, you know, feels right to do so. We don't claim to have any, um, you know, bead on the right, you know, the, the one right thing. We just know that there are things that we've tried that tend to work and seem like they line up with a, with an aspect of life that, that, that feels right. And so that's the conversation that we'd like to have uh, over time. And my beeper is going to go off in 10 seconds. So I might as well stop there. <laughs> well, wonderful. Thank you. And so I'm David Gruder and my journey with what we're calling the one thing, and you'll understand what we mean by that as we unravel this through this episode and then in subsequent episodes, really starts in childhood because I was searching for the one thing and not finding it. And I didn't know that's what I was searching for. What I All I knew was that I was raised in a rather religious family. <clears throat> I was raised Jewish. And the this, this Jewish God that I was being taught about and exposed to as a young child, I couldn't find that God. I couldn't feel that God. And uh, I felt a, a real deep disconnection and emptiness and, and a sense of, well, I, I'm going to have to manage my life myself. I have to, I have to do everything myself. There is no, there is no higher me. There is no, um, the, I, there was no notion. There was no, nothing in my worldview as a child that, uh, that exposed me to the notion that there was what some people call a higher self. And my quest to find the one thing actually got its first substantial, meaningful answer during my bar mitzvah at age 13, when I had a spontaneous experience while I was chanting a portion of the service, uh, a particular portion of the service. I did the whole thing, but in this particular portion of the service, I had this experience where my sense of I, my sense of David disappeared. And all there was was the music coming through this mouth and imbuing the sanctuary with transcendent energy. Now, I didn't have the term transcendent energy, but I had the experience that the sanctuary was bathed in light and everyone in the sanctuary had this beatific look on their faces. And about two thirds of the way through this portion of the service, came this question inside me, 
which was, well, where are you, David? Because I was really in, again, I didn't have this wording back then, I was in a not I state. And when that question, where are you, David, came, came through me, I was totally rattled. I was totally disoriented for a moment. Uh, and then I picked up and continued and I was technically flawless from, you know, in what I was doing from that point forward, but all the magic was gone. And so I realized in hindsight, as I started to understand more about the one thing that I was being gifted during my bar mitzvah with a contrast between when I was dancing with my better half and when I wasn't, when I was a seemingly separated self. I've gone on to become a clinical and organizational development psychologist and blah, blah, blah. You can read about my background, my bio on, uh, on, the, on the site. I'm not going to go into that during my time right now. But what I do want to say is that in this chapter of my career, my focus is on helping to repair and elevate the world through uh, through helping to facilitate self-sovereignty that serves us all, as I, as I call it, and craft a rebirth of a society and a governance structure that supports that. And my experience through having traveled through many, many spiritual and religious and metaphysical and philosophical paths over the course of my lifetime is that Trying to do transformation without connection with the one thing is an exercise in ego. And it's only through connection with the one thing that self-sovereignty that serves us all really is possible as something that's transcendent rather than an act of ego. And so that's what brings me to this podcast. Lori and I were talking about this notion of the one thing that's not been tried in governance and in business and in societal development and as well as individual development. And we, we realized that since it seems like it's not being talked about a lot or enough, that it was on us to share our perspectives on the one thing. Was that five minutes? No. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> You're muted. You're muted, honey. Yeah, good job. I was saying, trying to. Oh. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> the way this actually came up is, you know, as David said, we've both been kind of steeped in our spiritual paths. And we were driving to Colorado listening to a book on tape called Sapiens. And um, after. I don't know, at least half or three quarters of the way in, you know, we just started talking about how, because the, the interesting thing about the book is it's, it's a long arc of understanding humanity or, or just, you know, the facts and the data about human beings going through the different agriculture and industrial and now technology, you know, all the various revolutions. Is that the right word? Revolutions or yeah. And it's like, we're doing the same thing. It's just a different era. And the thing, the one thing that humanity has not yet tried is the things that we're going to be talking about in order to make impact and affect change at every level of being. 
And so we're both pretty passionate about uh, engaging in this dialogue in order to um, just have the conversation be on the table about this one thing that has yet to be tried. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. And Lori mentioned this in passing a little while ago, but I, I, wanna, I wanna really emphasize it, that this podcast, and this is important for those of you who know me, because you know I, I love teaching. This podcast is not a teaching podcast. It's an ongoing conversation about the one thing. So that those of you listening to this who resonate with this can become more and more fluent in building the one thing into all parts of your life, personal, your personal life, your relationships, business, societal life, leadership, governance, the whole, the whole nine yards. Nothing is exempt from the magic and the importance of the one thing. And so this is, this is really a conversation, not a teaching podcast. Yeah, exactly. And it's probably important to note too that the ideas and the conversation about this topic is is not a flip, uh, you know, we don't flip a switch and just instantly have this sort of like perfect access. It's a, it's like building a muscle. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's because it's, 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 um, it's strange and it's, it's strange because we've not been exposed to it in the ways that we're going to be having the conversation about it. And even if we are, there's limitations to it. And so we're wanting to sort of just, you know, break through the glass ceiling, so to speak, and have access to levels of understanding that um, that are really what will make the change. And that requires practice and that's a building of a muscle kind of experience. Mm -hmm. And so we're here as a platform to support the building of that muscle, you know, alongside the conversation. So as we talk about this, I think it's important to both Lori and me that if we use a term that's not one of your terms, like if we use the term source, for example, but your word is God or higher self or spirit or, wh or whatever it happens to be, Allah, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, what matters to us is that when we're using metaphysical terms, if you use a different term from ours, in your internal language, then please translate our word into your word. Exactly. And then building on top of that, what this is not is something that has come to be called secular humanism, uh, where, where we are taking the stance, because it's authentic and genuine for us, that human beings are the midwives of transposing heaven to earth. We aren't the inventors of heaven. We aren't the inventors of source or spirit or, or higher essence or however you want to word that. Uh, so we're, we're not talking about a, a, an evolution of humanity that is separated from that which binds us all together. We're talking about connection and elevating humanity through what binds us all together. So this is not what's called secular humanism. Um, you know, things, things get confused 
Lori and I have both found. When we deal with situations and with ourselves uh, at the level of the mind, at the level of fear, compared to them getting unconfused when we deal with the events in our inner lives and outer lives and what's going on in the world at the level of the one thing. Yeah. So an example of that, Lori, you, you really like this example. Maybe you can, uh, you can expand on this is about how technology and computers can either be viewed as this enemy of spirituality or this enemy of human beings, or it can, uh, there's another way to look at technology and computers. Why, why don't you share what, what that is? Yeah, I think what you're talking about is that it's a, it's a tool for connection. I mean, there's so many things that have happened since computers have arrived on the scene um, that, that have facilitated higher levels of connection than we ever would have gotten to without the computer option. And, you know, they can be used in the wrong way, of course, but, you know, I'm just a fan of picking the way I want to use anything we have access to on the planet. And um, that's usually going to be for, uh, you know, in service of something, not, not the opposite. And, you know, David, you said something about, um, you know, our human mind. I think that one of the things we'll be talking about is this idea that we have become separate from, even if we were just to call this energy nature, you know, the research shows that in here in 21st century, more people than not are separated from nature. We don't, we don't remember the rhythms of the seasons and the, you know, the, just the way mother earth herself has a heartbeat and that our, you know, we can be in a, in sync with that heartbeat. We don't have access to that in, in ways that we used to have. So, our, our conversation is about creating, you know, swiftly, how do we swiftly walk ourselves over the bridge of disconnection from our human self to our more sacred self, right? And how do we close that gap more and more with each passing day? And what, what does that look like? And what does that feel like? And how can we manage our, our fear-based mind? You know, because our, our mind is really the sort of the gatekeeper here. <laughs> if he or she does not want us to put more, more, more of this higher information in, she'll just throw a fit, he or she'll throw a fit. And so, you know, and then we're stuck, we're stuck in our own imprisonment. And so, you know, part of the conversation is like, what, what, what do we do in order to notice that and soften it and step outside of the shackles and connect you know, with our high, our better half, <laughs> our higher self, uh, our sacred self, just with the, with the air that is in front of us, right? Like that carries cosmic life force that is way more than just oxygen, but I don't remember ever learning that in school. So these are the kinds of things that have been lost over time. And then we've been programmed by other um, beliefs, let's say, that aren't necessarily in our best interest. And we have all the power to recognize and choose otherwise. And that's what I think we're both, and hopefully you are excited about, uh, you know, talking about, because that's where we will find our way out of what, what, when we look out into the external happenings, it seems like a nightmare and it seems like, how will we ever find our way out of this mess and all of that? Um, I don't see any other way than, unless we tend some of the things that we're gonna be in conversation about. Yeah. And to just amplify on a slice of that a little bit more, 
uh, as those of you who know me know, I am a fan of really high quality science fiction and fantasy. And I'm going to throw in the first <laughs> metaphor from science fiction and fantasy now, which has to do with the, the notion that every single thing that we human beings are capable of inventing, creating, imagining, bringing forth into the world, including things like technology and computers and the internet and whatever else, and, 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 and everything else, That's can good. be utilized as an expression of the one thing or through separation from the one thing. So the the metaphor that I love uh, uh, to convey that piece is from Star Wars. It's about the force, which I think probably it's so deep in our cultural psyche now that people know what the force is, that that has to do with Star Wars. But the force is one metaphorical way of describing the one thing. And there, and there are two expressions of the force in Star Wars. There is the Jedi expression of the force, the Jedi utilization of the one thing, which is for good and for love and for elevating the world and humanity and all of that. And then there is the other expression or utilization of the force, which is uh, the Sith world in, in the Jedi, uh, in the uh, Star Wars universe. And the Sith are the dark side. They're, they're utilizing the energy the, uh, that we've been endowed with for evil, for bad. And so the, the thing that really resonates for me is that when we're talking about anything in this world, including technology and things like that, we can worry all we want. It's not going to be useful, but we can worry all we want about, about uh, technology becoming the boss of us. But that only gets to happen if we aren't channeling technology through the one thing. Mm -hmm. when, when the one thing is, is, um, is kind of the conduit for these kinds of innovations, then things like technology get to be used for good, get to be used for the betterment of humanity and individuals and the planet and things along those lines. And it's worth noting that the force is in us, right? Like it is not separate from us. There's nothing we have to do to earn it or be deserving of it or worthy of it. It, it is us. It's, it's the very thing that's pumping our blood and beating our heart and giving us words to speak and vibrations for the words to make sense to your ears and the whole thing. And so it's just, you know, I found that it's really just like waking up to that and then asking my heart, what's the best use of that? And, um, and that, you know, if I, if I feel stuck or, you know, imprisoned or shackled by any of the, what seems to be evil forces. Honestly, all I have to do is come back to that centered place. And, and I, I am shown, or it is, it is very obvious, or the feeling I have inside as a result of coming into that um, is very different than my fear about the, the thing that I'm churning about. And so if more and more of us have access to that, um, then it, it becomes a very different world, right? And, uh, and I think there's so many people who are ready for that very different world that we all ache for in our heart that doesn't seem to be arriving 
in the midst of all the chaos, but it's actually there ready for each of us to co-create together that, that very thing. Indeed. Uh, anything else you want to add before I talk a little bit about each episode and things like that? No, I think that's we're, we're going to try to keep these quippy and pithy and, <laughs> and not waste a lot of our time here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so segueing on that, Lori and I are intending to teach, keep each of these episodes of The One Thing to a maximum of 20 to 30 minutes. And for starters, we're shooting for every other week, uh, although this podcast is going to unfold organically. So we'll discover what's really going to be so as we go along. Right, right. And in the next episode, we're going to unpack this one thing. We're going to talk about the foundational principles. And again, David mentioned earlier, whatever words work for you, but it's important for us to kind of all start from the same foundation so that we can walk forward on the journey together, um, you know, with, with the similar foundational pieces. So until next time, remember to dance with your better half.